Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Happy Father's Day, dads. Yeah. So today is the day that um, I look forward to because I hope that I get a break for all of the dad jokes that I tell today. Uh, we are going to continue, though, in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, I want to ask if you would to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing to look at the Lord's Prayer and how Jesus taught us to pray. But um, I am privileged today that I have all my family here uh, with me this morning. And uh, my mom, my dad's here, my sister is here, and uh, her daughter is here. And um, I remember growing up, I'll tell this story on my sister, and she'll tell it a little different than I do, but that's okay, because my version's the right. It's Father's Day, right? Um, I remember growing up at Christmas time, we would always get this. Do you remember this? the Sears catalog and the Christmas wish book that came every year. And for those of you that remember, do you remember how thick that Christmas wish list was that we got in, in the mail or you'd go down to Sears and you'd pick it up? I mean, it was at least an inch and a half thick. I mean, it was a thick catalog and everything that you could ever imagine was in the Christmas wish book. You could even at one point buy a house in the Sears catalog, I think then it was Sears and Roebuck, you could buy a house, they would ship it to you, and all you had to do was assemble it. Everything in the world could come through ordering it in the Sears catalog. But when that Christmas wish book came, oh my goodness, we started to get so excited because that meant that not too long down the road, Santa was coming. And if we would just spend a little bit of time in that thick, Sears Christmas wish book, we could circle some things, we could dog ear the pages, and we would be able to make our own wish list from this that Sears sent to us. Now this is where the story goes a little weird for her, and I tell it the right way. She says, my sister says, that I was doing something to her that caused her to throw the Sears catalog at me. I don't think I was doing anything. I don't remember that part of the story. Because when the Sears catalog hit me in the head just above the eye, I don't remember the few minutes before that when the Sears catalog for my sister came across and knocked me right in the eye and I saw stars. But the Sears catalog was one that was so exciting for us because we knew that inside of this catalog there were some things that we could pick out and hopefully Santa was going to bring those things to us. So as I began thinking about this day, and I was studying for this day, I began to think, I knew my sister was going to be here, and I love telling that story because she threw the catalog at me and knocked me in the eye. I'll never forget that as long as I live. But I began to wonder, how many times do we treat our prayer life like the Sears Christmas wish book? 
where we just open up the catalog of our life and we go through and we find some things in our life and we're like, oh yeah, God, this is what I want right here. And so I'm going to circle this right here in life that I want and I'm going to dog ear the page and then I'm going to give you my wish book back to you and I hope that you pick some things out of my wish book that I can actually have in life. How many times, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many times do we treat our prayer life with God like the Sears Christmas wish book. Probably if we were to go and do an inventory of our prayer, there would probably be quite a few times that we would be able to honest, if we were honest, we would be able to say that we treat our relationship, our time with God, like the Sears Christmas wish book. It's just a laundry list of things that we are wishing for. Or a laundry list of things that we're like, God, this is what I have to have right now. But in this prayer, where Jesus had began his teaching ministry, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus does not say, I want you to take the prayer, the time that you spend with God, and I want you to treat it like a wish list that you're just exchanging with God. That you're going to write down a whole lot of different things, you're going to give it to God, and you're just going to hope for the best. That's not how Jesus taught us to pray. In this prayer, and we've talked for a number of weeks about the unity that he desires, the linking that he desires for us when he prayed, Our Father, and how each of us are united together with our Father in heaven. And then we got to the kingdom, how Jesus prayed, I want God, your kingdom to come right here and right now on this earth. Pastor Gary shared with us the power of the kingdom living that he desires for us today. Where as long as we are walking with God, in the illustration from Dr. Berkowitz, where if we're parallel with God, then that power of the kingdom can be transferred to us and can even be experienced right here and right now. And then last week, we looked at your will be done on earth and then we decided that we were going to pray it, your will be done in me as it is in heaven. And then we get to the next phrase. And this next phrase is the only part in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, now's your time to ask. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's the asking part. And it's just a few words. Give us today our daily bread. That's the only thing that Jesus asked for. He talked about forgiveness, the trespasses. He talked about overcoming temptation. But there's just this one section where Jesus says, this is how I want you to ask. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 11, these six words are what Jesus gave us. Jesus says, give us Today, our daily bread. One verse, six words. Now for us, that might not seem too significant. Bread, sometimes for us in America, is an add-on to a meal. We think that we have to have some meat, we have to have some vegetables, and then that bread is the secondary part of our meals here. For me, that was the main part. I love bread. And for 11 months, I haven't had some good bread because I had to get healthy in my body. The Lord convicted me of that, and I've shared some of that with, with, with some of you. 
The hardest part of eating healthier is giving up bread. Because for me, I wanted to have a meal, bread and meat and green beans. That was a meal for me. As long as I had a good bread, I was happy. It really didn't matter what kind of bread it was. Whatever bread you wanted to put on it, put on my plate. Just don't put butter on it, and I'll eat that bread. And it's been hard giving up bread. In America, though, the bread is sometimes the add-on to the meal. Sometimes it's the afterthought of the meal. But when Jesus was telling the people who were gathered around him, pray this, give us today our daily bread. Bread was significant to the people that Jesus had gathered around. They understood that a meal was based oftentimes, more often than not, around the bread. They took the bread, and then they took what they had to build a meal. Not only was bread significant in the physical realm for the Jews, but bread was significant in the spiritual realm, in their relationship with the Father. So when Jesus was praying, give us today our daily bread, the only point where he said, this is what I want you to ask in this prayer. They understood the significance spiritually of bread. Because if we were to go back from this point a few thousand years, and we were to take a look at the Old Testament, when God was leading his people out of the bondage of slavery, they get out into the wilderness, and then they realize that they're hungry in the wilderness. And they start a little grumbling. They, they have a little complaining here. They're getting sick and tired of some stuff. They're out in the wilderness, and they're on the road to the promised land. But it was in this moment, in the spiritual sense, God said, I'm going to provide for you in the physical realm. And so what did God do? He provided a bread or flake-like substance for his people that would sustain them every single day. Now this bread or flake-like substance that God provided, we read in the scripture, is like a manna. It's called manna. And in this time that God was providing this manna for his people every day spiritually, the one restriction that God had given to them was you only take enough for today. Don't gather up extra for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, I'm going to also provide you manna, or this bread flake-like substance, to sustain you tomorrow. You can't eat yesterday's manna, because yesterday's manna is spoiled. So what God gave you yesterday, you can't bring into today. What God gives you today, you can't take into tomorrow. And so when God said, this is how I want you to pray, give us today our daily bread. It had a significance spiritually and physically for those people who gathered around them, around him. Because they then knew that their forefathers had been provided bread or flake-like substance or manna from God that would sustain them for the day that they were living. Oh, how I wish that we could grasp this in the United States of America. Oh, how I wish that our culture could truly understand the significance of Jesus' words when he said, this is how I want you to pray. Give us today our daily bread. 
I'm not going to live off of yesterday's blessings or provision that you gave me. And I'm not even going to worry about where you're going to provide for me tomorrow. I'm going to let tomorrow take care of itself. God, it's me and you today. We're right here in this moment. And I need you to sustain me in this moment in which I'm living. And I'm not worried about the past. And I'm not worried about the future. It's me and you here right now. So give me today my daily bread. Now think about the word daily there. I always love looking at the the words that Jesus used. He could have used any word that was out there. He created language. But as we translate these words that Jesus used, the one word that Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. This is what I want you to ask for. Jesus uses the word daily. I love that because Jesus is talking about what these ancestors and all of the Jews' ancestors had experienced a few thousand years before that when they had the provision for today only, not from yesterday and not from tomorrow, just in that moment. But what we've done instead is we have turned our prayers into a Christmas wish list with God And we're not only worrying about today, we worry about that which is in the past, and we fret over that which is in the future, and we have been so twisted and tempted by the enemy to go into the past and go into the future when God wants to deal with us about today. So I want to ask you a question. Who is your provider? Who is your provider for your life? Do you go back here in the past and you bring in things from the past and you're like, man, this is what I am relying on. And the temptation in retirement for us is to often do that. And the temptation in pre-retirement is to say, I'm going to do all of this because I am going to provide for my future. But hear me when I say this. Being wise and preparing is not wrong. Because if we don't do that, then we are fools, like Jesus said, that built our house on the sinking sands. It's not wrong to be wise, and it is not wrong to plan for the future, but it is wrong It is wrong when we utilize our own wisdom and we don't invite God into the present to help prepare us for the future. So who is your provider? Who is it that you rely on for your daily bread? If we were to examine our lives and to be honest with ourselves, we would discover, I believe, in almost every one of our lives that we rely on a lot of different things. We rely on the past faithfulness and have borrowed from the future of our country to build today. And we fuss and we fret and we say that it is so wrong for us as a country to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in debt, borrowing from the future to try to build today. But you know what? We do that in our own lives as well. We do it in our own lives as well. We get mad when our politicians do it. 
But it's okay, and we go to the banker, and we do it then ourselves. And you know what we're doing? We are not taking the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, 11 serious, and we're not really praying, God, give us today. Give me today my daily bread. And we're borrowing from the past. We're borrowing from the future. And God is just standing there saying, hey, wait just a minute. I not only taught you how to pray, but I prayed some very real words that can ring true for you in today if you will pause enough to invite God into your present and stop worrying about the past and stop fretting over the future. Because God wants to provide for you today's daily bread. So who is it that provides for you? You know, one thing that we have kind of fooled ourselves with is this phrase. The Lord helps those who helps themselves. We want to open up the scripture and we want to find that scripture and we keep looking for it and keep looking for it and the Lord helps those who helps themselves. That must not be in the New Testament. I don't, I don't think Jesus would have said that. That's got to be back here in the Old Testament somewhere. And I know that that probably rang true when, whenever the, the Israelites were in the wilderness. And so as the Hebrew children were going through the wilderness, God probably said to them, the Lord helps those who helps themselves. But you know what? That's not in the Scriptures. You can't find it from Genesis to Revelation. Now, God expects you to help yourself. He doesn't want you to just sit there and say, woe is me, I've got pity on me. Paul also said to us, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you have to, out of obligation for what God has entrusted with you, you have to get up and you have to move forward in the day. You can't just rest on your laurels and expect all the daily bread to come. But it is not true. it's not in the scripture. The Lord helps those who help themselves. But the Lord will help you if you cry out, God, give me today my daily bread. And then you prove your faithfulness with the daily bread that he has given you for today. We cannot become hoarders with the bread that he's given us today and expect him to bless us tomorrow. Because when we hoard up our daily bread today, what we are saying is, God, I'm good today and I've got plenty today. And so I'm not going to trust you tomorrow. If the Lord, hear me, if the Lord gives you an abundance of daily bread today, then he expects you to share and invest that daily bread in other people because tomorrow he's going to give you additional daily bread. This is what happened with his children in the wilderness is they for 40 years almost experienced the faithfulness of God every single day. They would wake up, boom, there would be manna after the dew had lifted. They would gather up the manna that they needed for that day, and then they would, they would consume it all in one day. They would go to bed, they would wake up, and then, boom, again, God would provide the daily bread. That happened over and over and over and over. They never became hoarders because they knew that tomorrow the bread that they needed was going to be there. So I want to ask you another question. What are the needs that you have today? What needs, what honest needs do you have today? I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about that which may come in the future. I'm not worried about anything that's going to confront us down the road. I'm talking about today. 
What needs do you have today? Today is the day that God has been waiting for you to truly pray this prayer, the Lord's Prayer to Him, and get to the part to where He gave us permission to ask, and truly then say, God, these are my needs today. I'm not giving you a wish list. I'm not going to ask for the needs from tomorrow, for tomorrow. I'm not going to borrow from my past, but instead I'm standing here in today, and this is me, and these are my honest needs today. What needs do you have today? Today, I believe that God wants you, each of us, to truly come clean, if you will, with him, with all the needs that that we would have with all of the burdens that weigh heavy on us, and say, God, this is me. This is all I've got. I've tried to rely on my own wisdom. I've tried to rely on past blessings. I've tried to rely on future blessings. I've turned this way, and I've turned that way. But God, today, I'm only turning to you. And today, I truly and honestly pray from the depth of my soul, give me today the daily bread that I need. You know, in Psalm chapter 53, verse 1, the psalmist writes for us, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You think, how how are you going to get this scripture into the Lord's prayer in Matthew? How can you take what the psalmist says, the fool in his heart, says there is no God. And how are you going to try to wrap that into into what we're talking about in the Lord's Prayer? You know, I I don't want to talk about you, but I'll talk about myself. There are some times I live like a fool, according to Psalm 53, like there is no God. Because my temptation is to be the man, right? And what do we have to do? We feel that we have to do as men. We have to be, we taught ourselves that we have to be the providers, right? That we have all of these obligations. And there are times that as men we fret over these things and and we wrestle with these things because we're the provider. We've got responsibilities and we've got to provide. And while that is true, how many times, men, have we said, God, I cannot provide unless you first provide for me? Because whenever we are living like a fool and saying, God, I've got this, don't worry about it. I've got a job, I've got a house, I've got a vehicle, I have some means that I, need, that I can provide for my family, and we can have a decent living, or, or we, we struggle to get by sometimes, or whatever that is, God, I've got this, I'm good, and so I don't need any daily bread to, today, why don't you check in with me tomorrow? Instead, what we ought to be doing, men especially, We need to wake up every single day and we need to say, God, I thank you for the job that you've given to me and the work that I have because I know that it is you providing for my family through this job. And then I'll tell you another thing that it just, I I won't say that. Um, That was meddling what some people say that we do and I, I won't even go there. But sometimes the temptation for us is to say, God, I've got this, don't worry about me. I, I, don't have to, I don't have to have daily bread today because I'm comfortable today. 
When what he's asking us to do is to say, God, I want to give you thanks for the daily bread that you have provided for me. Because God was the creator of the world. The scriptures tell us that he knit each of us together inside our mother's womb. And he had a plan and he had a destiny for every single one of us. And that was to travel the road that is before us. And so as long as we are being faithful with that which he has entrusted to us today, then when we wake up tomorrow, there will always be sufficient daily bread for tomorrow as well. But oftentimes, we proclaim God with our lips, we gather together to worship, and then we go about the rest of the week living like a bunch of atheists, forgetting that God was the provider for us in the very moment in which we are living. And so it is our responsibility, regardless of where we are at, to pause to give thanks for his provision for today so that when we wake up tomorrow, there will be additional provision as we have prayed, God, give us today our daily bread. When God provides, sometimes though we get upset because we've concocted an image in our own mind what today's daily bread actually looks like. And we think, God, this is what I need in my daily bread today. When the truth of the matter is, oftentimes, God has something else in mind for us. And then when God gives us our daily bread, we get so frustrated and we get angry because the daily bread is not the bread in which we actually were wanting to have. Francis Chan, great, great speaker, says this. Truth is, I think if God just gave us our daily bread, many of us would be angry. That's all you're going to give me, God? You're just going to give me enough to sustain me for today? What about tomorrow or next year or 10 or 20 years from now? And yet Jesus says to just pray for your daily provisions. God is not worried about 10 or 20 years down the road. He's worried about the daily bread today because if we can be faithful with the daily bread today, then he can trust us with the daily bread tomorrow. And if we do this pattern over and over and over and over, what we will realize is that God's already in the 10, 15, 20 years down the road preparing that daily bread that we need then. But if we're not faithful with today's daily bread and we're just upset with what today's daily bread looks or tastes like, then God's never going to have the opportunity to get us to the daily bread we want 10, 15, 20 years down the road. God is waiting for us to be faithful with the daily bread that he has given to us today before we get to tomorrow's daily bread. So I ask you again, who is your provider? Who do you trust as your provider? If you write things down, I want to encourage you to write this down. Because this is what I hope that you are able to take with you today. Or take a photo of this and take it with you. Jesus' instruction to pray, give us today our daily bread, is an invitation to two things. The first, it's an invitation to reclaim our identity as God's beloved children. Now what father, in his right mind, would withhold something that his child actually needs? Food-wise, I'm talking about now. Not, I'm not talking about cars, because we don't need cars. We don't have to have all of this other stuff. You don't have to have a tea. We can get by without all of that other stuff. I'm, just, I'm talking about food. What father in his right mind, if his child was hungry, 
would withhold food from his child. There's not one. If a father did that, we would call and, and turn them in and say, this father is starving his child. You need to intervene in this situation. Now hear me, hear me. In relationship with God, when you are faithful and you claim your identity as God's beloved child, you will always have your daily bread as you need it. Because God is our Father, would never withhold the needs that we have in our life as long as we are being faithful to Him. And the other thing, when Jesus prayed, Lord, give us today our daily bread, the second thing is an invitation to proclaim His, God's ability to provide for our every need. So as we reclaim our identity as God's beloved children, and we begin to experience the daily bread that we need for today, it gives us the opportunity to proclaim the greatness of God. And as other people see how we're walking in the faithfulness that God gives His daily bread to us every single day, then they become attracted to that which we are living because all we've done is pray, God, give us today our daily bread. And then we walk and live in that. And other people see that and they're like, hey, how's this happening for this person? And then we have the opportunity to proclaim God's ability to provide for our every need. And so as we begin to pray this, and as we begin to experience this in our life, we reclaim our identity as God's beloved children, and then we just start living this and proclaiming it everywhere we go that God is faithful and God will always provide. The simple truth that we get from the Lord's Prayer is that God is the one who provides for us every single day. And then as we go to sleep and wake up tomorrow, what we will experience tomorrow is that God is the one who provides for us. So again, I ask you, who is it that provides for you? Or what is it that you have relied on in your life to be your provider? Has it been a boss? Has it been your job? Has it been a spouse? Has it been other programs or has it been other things? Has it been this person or that person? Or maybe you took that role on yourself? Who is your provider? I wanna ask you to pray two things, two simple things. Because I believe as we begin to walk in the truth from the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread, we have to start to retrain our Western minds a little bit. And so there are two things that I want to ask you to pray. The first is this, Jesus, sustain me today. Short and simple. That's just another way of saying, give us today our daily bread. God, I want you to sustain me today just today. I'm not going to go live off the past. I'm not going to live off of or borrow off of the future. It's me and you today, right here in this moment. And Jesus, please sustain me today. And the second is this. This is a question that leads to conversation between you and the Lord. Jesus, how can I depend on you today? And how do I Stop depending on all of this other stuff. 
And how do I stop depending on my own capabilities and, and the, the, the way that I think that I can provide for myself? And how is it today that I can depend on you? And you know what? If we will wait on the Lord to answer this question, and if we will sit with Him, the faithfulness of God always will lead Him to answer this question. Because His desire just like it was in the Garden of Eden, is to have conversation, relationship with us. And if we would sit with the Lord and actually say these few words, the promise of God is that we will experience His presence if we are sincere in our heart. Because you can't pray, sustain me today, and how can I depend on you today? And go into that conversation thinking that God's going to answer you when you've already determined in your mind and your heart that you're not going to change anything in your life. Because if that's how you come into conversation with the Lord, He's not, he's not going to be in that conversation. Because you've got to prepare yourself for that which God says to you. And you've got to be ready to make alter, life-altering decisions if God says, this is what I want you to do. And if you're not serious about that conversation, he's not going to answer your question. Jesus, sustain me today. And then ask, Jesus, how is it that I can depend on you today? So this was a sermon that Jesus was actually preaching in Matthew chapter 6. And he was really telling us of what it's like to live in the kingdom. He was bringing all kinds of power and if we were to fast forward after Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray, I find it interesting that Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Right after that, he talked about fasting. And then he talked about storing up treasures in heaven and not here on the earth. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 25. And I'll read through the end of the chapter. Therefore, Jesus' words, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And here are these two verses. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus, sustain me today.
And Jesus, how can I depend on you today? Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.